Hello, welcome back. It is week 98 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you doing this week? Jeff, I am feeling fresh, funky, and frisky. Double cheeked up on a Wednesday afternoon. We got a great album this week. I'm ready to get to it. Well, speaking of double cheeked up, we actually have two albums. That's this right. This is a, a very special. When's the last time we did two albums in an episode? Gosh, I don't even remember. It's been a long no. time. We probably haven't done is, one all this year. It has been a while. Our original. So like this is going to be a big time episode here. So it might go a little long. So prepare yourselves. Get settled in. We got a couple little pieces of business some housekeeping to take care of first, though. So we are inching ever closer, my friend, to the 1,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Every week we get closer. This might be the week that it happens. In fact, by the time that you nice, fine people are listening to this, we might already be there. Yeah. As of this recording, I think it's, what, 20 more people we need to add before we're we're ready? Yes, sir. And at the rate it's been going, I think we got a shot. I think we got a good shot. And you can subscribe right now and be a part of the solution. Or you can wait and you can be part of the problem. And it's going to be your problem because mm-hmm. we're going to be famous. We're going to be making money off this shit. And you're going to be like, hey, remember me? I'm your old friend. Listen, uh, I'm trying to buy a house. We're like, hey, bet, bet. Fuck off. I don't want to hear it. You couldn't subscribe to my YouTube channel when I needed it. Why should I give you a kidney? Answer me that. Yeah, we're not co-signing on that house loan for you. No way. Fuck off. No, you that you, you either get on this rocket now, or you wave goodbye when you see it leave. Those are your two options. Don't fuck around. Subscribe yeah. now. You have time now to subscribe and be counted as one of the ride or die OGs, the first one thousand. But that mm-hmm. only happens if you go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash out on that line. You got to do it right now. Oh well. We've got, like we were saying, two albums to get to this week. So the first one is going to be, I guess a band some people have heard of, uh, is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Their new album, Return of the Dream Canteen. What'd you think? Uh, Jeff, I did not listen to this album. You didn't either. I did not. And we can move on. Moving on. So we are really going to talk about... After all this time, Alex, which album is it going to be? Always. Always in their new album, Blue Rev. And this one, I was looking forward to this one quite a bit because I've always liked, I think you've gotten deeper into Always than I have, but I've always liked what I've heard. Like Marry Me, Archie, is that the name of the song? Archie Marry Me. Archie Marry Me, yeah. yeah. I think any time I've talked about that song on the podcast, I've said it backwards and you've corrected me every time. That's okay. <laughs> if you look at the structure of the song. It is. it Yeah. In the song, the way they sing it. But it's like just such perfect pop music. I mean, that's really kind of what I get from Always is just so glossy and shiny and just peppy. Like I, there's so many adjectives I can use to describe it. Generally, all of them are going to be some sort of, you know, kind of. Like it lines up with, you know, just happiness, you know, just kind of a pleasant feeling while you listen to it. Maybe the lyrics aren't always the most pleasant thing, but just the way they structure these songs, that pop sensibility is so good and it's always there. Well, and that's to me one of the most 
interesting things about always and how much I enjoy them is because more often than not, I'm the guy that's like, fuck structure, just follow your heart and like make something cool and interesting. But always is hyper structured. Mm-hmm. It's like great attention is paid to here's where that what the melody should sound like. Here's where the chorus should be. We should have like a middle eight here instead of a regular old bridge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attention to detail to crafting the structure of the song and the way that it should sound. But it's not it doesn't come across as like rigid and boring and soulless and out of a box because mm-hmm. Molly Rankin and the rest of the crew, Molly Rankin being the lead singer, are bursting with so much talent and energy and so many ideas that they need a frame to hang it on like that is the that is the skeleton that's holding up like the meat Mm. of the entire idea so they come out with all of this weirdness that's like so carefully put together it's this wonderful anomaly and i love that they're not concerned with genre it's just like let's get this idea out and whatever it comes out as we're going to be happy with it yes and i think and i like that you said they're not concerned with genre because i think especially throughout this album and and I think through our picks like there is a broad range of influences that are brought in here I mean we're going from like 80s synth pop to like straight up gutter punk you know like on on some of these options here so I I do really like that kind of always has always done that though you know it's not you know they, they've always had you I feel like you know when you're hearing an always song I think Molly Rankin has a very distinct voice you know especially in the indie scene there's there's many imitators. There's one innovator as far as that goes. I feel like it's just her voice can soar so well over the top of whatever instrumentation they're using that it's just like it always feels like it's going somewhere. And I think that's really the most exciting part about Always is that it's it's never going to be boring. You know, the song, there are certainly some songs better than others, of course. Every artist has that, but it's never boring. You know, it's kind of always interesting to hear what they're going to do because they bring in so many different ideas and influences, especially on this album. Well, it's all so layered, like all the ideas and influences stretch from the lyrics to the music to the way it's all put together. It's like all of these dreamy layers and and it allows them something is always holding the main idea down and allowing Mm -hmm. something else to go off on a tangent. So if the kind of the feel of the song and the flavor of the song is being upheld by the music, Molly Rankin can go on a lyrical tangent, which she does in a bunch of these songs. It just kind of allows her room to explore something that's not quite so straightforward. So even though it's like under the broader category of pop, and pop is a very structured genre, and these are very structured songs, it's like learning the rules so that you can later go on to forget them and do your own thing. Like they have mm-hmm. such a strong foundation and this is so layered that you can't knock the song down if somebody gets distracted and chases a shiny object off in a different direction on the song, which again happens mm-hmm. a lot on this album, which is why it's so fun. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a discovery. It's, and to me, I was I was very happy when you brought this one up because I don't know, I've always liked Always, but not in the way that I probably would have noticed that they had a new album out or anything like that. So I'm glad you brought this one up because as soon as you did, I was like, yeah, we should do that. I feel like this was a perfect album for us to talk about on this show because of just, I don't know, just kind of, it was very exciting listening to it all the way through. Um, So should we get right into it? You made it very easy here. Again, folks, we've split it up 
three and three. The first three songs are going to be Alex's picks. The last three songs are going to be my picks. So we've done this, what, third week in a row? I think so. There's some serendipitous shit going on today, buddy. Comes in threes. Next week, it'll be all <laughs> fucked up, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to keep adding numbers. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We're going to go back to doing the whole album every time. Yeah. <laughs> Two full albums Holy every time. shit. Three-hour episodes. <laughs> Remember those days? Oh, what a time. What a time. Um, so the first song, and it's actually the lead-off song on the album. So again, we've chosen one of the bookend songs here is Pharmacist. It was also, if I'm not mistaken, the lead single or the first single uh, that came. It was that or it was mm-hmm. Easy on Your Own. But um, yeah, so Pharmacist is kicking it all off. And it's a fairly straightforward song about a nostalgia spiral. Like, you know, you find a former lover and find out that they're doing very well and they've moved on. Mm-hmm. But it's done in a very different way where it's setting this scenario that starts off on the ground. Molly Rankin is at the pharmacy, runs into her ex's sister, who happens to let it slip that, oh, yeah, my brother's got a new love. and He's got that new love glow. And it Mm -hmm. just sets off this entire, like, catastrophic line of thinking that is then represented in the way that this song sounds. Because it's got this, like, wonderful decay and all these weird modular moments that just make it feel like a fuzzy memory that turns into like a weird existential threat. It's shifting gears all over the place. It's a very upbeat power pop structure, but it's glossy and it's chaotic. And like coming in as the first song on an album, it's got to snag you by the fucking gonads. Mm -hmm. And it does that with both hands. This is such a fire way to start off an album. Yes. And I think this is this kind of, they, touch back on these the influences they pull on this song they touch back on these like a few more times in the album and i like that there's it there's so many different things going on but somehow there's still so much consistency with everything is that and i think that's a really strong thing goes from feeling like you're listening to something that's just like a lot of different parts of an idea that don't really mesh well together you know it's just like you're getting a bunch of leftovers that don't really go together on the plate this feels like you're having something new and different, but it's all part of one big kind of goal. Like the same kind of production value I see in this is like repeated again on, I believe it's very online guy. It's like, just Mm. doesn't sound like that normal kind of like really pop Rocky sort of stuff you're used to hearing from always for the most part. Um, And I think it, they just, they're going to almost like a church's territory. You know, where they're like bringing in some other influences, some other ways to make these sounds. And I think it's just the way that they structure the songs. Like, it doesn't matter what they use. It's always going to sound so perfect. Yeah. And I love it's a very subtle way that they'll dip into different sounds within one song. I wouldn't necessarily say it's movements like with Frank Zappa. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not totally unbridled chaos like Mr. Bungle or something like that. But there's there are ways that always can kind of loop around on an idea and make it sound the same, but just a little different the next Mm -hmm. time you hear it. Uh, And it's wonder, it like keeps it so fresh. And another great thing that they do is they love those middle eights, which is like a bridge that is vastly different than the rest of the context of the song. It's almost Mm -hmm. jarring. They love dropping a good middle eight into their songs. I think it just keeps it fresh and it keeps it, exciting and with pharmacist we have 
that favorite term, the promise of the premise. Like, this is what you can expect from this album. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, good good start. Yeah, I really, I thought this was, I mean, I, I really was, had my hopes pretty high for this album. And I feel like they kind of delivered exactly what I felt like I was going to get from Always, which was very nice. But your next pick is the second song on the album. Made it very easy on your own. <laughs> I see Do you what like you that? did there. <laughs> it was easy on my own to pick easy on your own. Um, Again, these are... There are pretty basic ideas at the core of all of these. This is a like dare to dream, dare to want more. Um, you should desire something besides the standard education and a career. You should allow your mind to really wander to what you want and who you want to be. But it's a great example of what I was saying before about the lyrical tangents that manage to remain on theme but kind of wander off. Like this idea of like, hey, do you ever lie in the grass and listen to the wind and think you hear violins. It's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. But it's directly related to the subject matter. Cause it's like, you have to be free to have those thoughts because life is going to try to lock you into paradigmatic thinking. So what mm-hmm. better way to like encourage you to go off on a tangent in your own mind than to talk about going off on a tangent in your own mind, doing it in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I think that's a great example of the lyrical tangents uh, it's got like a late '90s kind of Mazzy Star esque kind of yes disaffected sadness to it, where it's, there's almost a sense of like I don't really care, but it's clear like the opposite is true. You care deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of got that yeah that indie rock shoegaze kind of flavor to it. Yes, and that I love the fact that I can always hear like the same songs that you would hear in Ten Things I Hate About You or any of those like you know kind of better level of the the teen movies back then um you know before we got into the fact you know once they became parodies of this of themselves basically just like cookie cutter stuff but like things like 10 things i hate about you was like a great movie and i will go to my grave saying that's a great movie i'll join you and had great music in that one and i think it was like a little bit off the beaten path kind of music that alt rock of that time and i felt like this fits this album fit that sound so well and there's a few songs that like obviously are not that sort of genre but this is one of them and all i could think about was the last scene of 10 things i hate about you when they're playing i want you to want me Mm. but it's the raincoats right or somebody that's like a, a real band from that time playing the song in that movie it's like a cover of it but it just very much reminds me of that same feeling it gives me a very nostalgic feeling hearing that because it just like brings you back to the time you're walking around like everybody's like playing fucking hacky sack and getting cassette tapes listening to their Walkman. What's the, the shit that you do with the two sticks where you're throwing the third stick? Devil oh, sticks? Devil or sticks. Is that devil what they sticks. were? Yeah. Tummy sticks? And all the Christian kids, they, they called it like fiddle sticks because they couldn't like they couldn't call it devil sticks. That was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to invite that into your heart. Yeah. Um, no, I totally get you, especially on this one. And this is another, this song is another good example of where do you put this in the timeline, past, present, or future? Mm-hmm. Because I would argue every single song on this album would be at home in the mid to late 90s, into the mm-hmm. 2000s, could be right at home today. And I dare say, to borrow from Dua Lipa, even has a little future nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like, this is such a strong direction to take pop in, 
mm-hmm. if you can get away again from like the paradigmatic thinking of mainstream pop not to be the old hipster that's like fucking you're the top 10 on the radio these days <laughs> it's intellectually bankrupt and artistically <laughs> vapid you gotta sell albums i understand it the music business is a business yeah. but in terms of like people who are actually trying to pursue like how do you push pop music forward i'd say you look at this you look at wet leg like Mm-hmm. There is a blueprint there for how to create something recognizable that feels fresh. It's like we talked about in Tyler Childers, where Americana and folk as a genre could die out if you don't kind of, you know, breed it in a mm-hmm. zoo and keep it going. Yeah. Add a little something new to it generation by generation. I think that that's the kind of stuff that's happening on this album with pop. Yeah. And that's I mean, that, I think that's a really good summation of why this sounds so good to us is because it brings back things that are familiar to us things that are like make us feel good memories that are you know nice from when we're you know younger in our younger days and bringing in those new things like those like really kind of skitzed out like electronic songs like they have on here where you can't you're a little trouble figuring out the time signature like they're meant to sound weird and a little bit off-putting you know but i think that's where we go where it's like somewhere between those two things of the classic 90s kind of indie pop sound in that weird jittery electronic sound that they do a few times like somewhere in the middle there i think is is a good place to be you know and i think that's you got to do the really weird stuff to start pulling people in that direction and i'm looking forward to kind of seeing where they decide to take it from here because they've been very inventive so far and they've been around what what is it four albums deep now something like that ah this is the third one third one okay and they it had been a while since it had been five years since the since antisocialists yeah yeah so they've you know they kind of hold their stuff back till they're ready to go and i think it's just i'm I, hopefully they start doing them a little more often but we'll see um your last pick is called after the earthquake and it is the third song on the album this song is all over the place from moment to moment mm-hmm. and it is the coolest fucking thing Ever. So you immediately off the bat, we're talking about like a vibe that can fit in anywhere. This is something that you can go to 10 years from now and it won't feel stale and outdated. This is something you could have listened to 10 years ago and been like, damn, you could be listening to this 10 years from now and it won't feel stale and outdated. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a very like magical quality, especially to a song like this, because I get big Smiths vibes at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I get big Pretenders vibes in the beginning, and I love me some Pretenders. Oh, buddy, we should do a Pretenders album. I would love to do that. Yeah, and let me tell you something. In the movie, this is a bit of a tangent, but in the movie High Fidelity, when Catherine mm-hmm. Zeta Jones shows up wearing the Pretenders T-shirt, oh, buddy, you talk about a manic pixie dream girl. Like that set the yeah. standard. The one of the most interesting things to me on this song, and it caught me by surprise every single time, was when the the verse transition of the chorus. It is a perfect, seamless transition. Looking back to the vibrant days of rackets in the hall, and like all of a sudden you're in the chorus. Just the way that it boom flips right in in the middle of the thought, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's such a small thing, like. They didn't have to do some King Gizzard shit and do like weird time mm-hmm. signatures and all that. It was just this tiny little thing that makes you go, ah, goddamn, nobody mm-hmm. does that. 
It's beautiful, and and it's followed up by this, like, tender bridge that just explodes into the verse, completely renewed. The dynamic shifts and emotional bursts are all over the place and not, like, scattered without thought. Like, they match the concept and the questions that are being asked in the song, which is, is it ever worth falling in love? Because you could lose that Mm -hmm. person. It's from the perspective of a huge earthquake happening, And it's the catalyst for like, we're on the interstate in our car, the earthquake happens, we go over the side, and I have to watch you die. It would hurt to lose you as much as you drive me nuts. Mm -hmm. But the idea of like loving you and then having to lose you makes me wonder if it's better to have loved and lost, as people say. And you get all of that in a fucking two minute pop song. Mm -hmm. She also, and I'm not going to say this is her fault, but we did just lose Angela Lansbury actress extraordinaire Mm. and she does mention jessica fletcher in here so for those folks that spent a lot of time with their grandmas growing up you know who jessica fletcher is from murder she wrote played by angela lansbury this album came out what two weeks ago yes yep and angela lansbury died last week yeah i just i don't want to blame you know i don't want to blame molly rankin for the death of angela lansbury but i'm just you know just pointing things out just it's it's important to be informed. Let's put it that way. If this show is about nothing else, it's about keeping people informed. Yeah, just giving people, just giving it the old Joe Rogan. That's very interesting. Right, right, mom. It's a, it's about <laughs> accountability. <laughs> I would also like to point out before we move on that this album is a, it's fourteen songs and it's thirty eight minutes long. Yeah. It's incredible. They've got such a great. They're like nothing overstays its welcome, and yeah. very few of them leave you wanting more. They know exactly what to give you. It's like you're eating a good meal and you're mm-hmm. like, if I eat any more, I'll puke or poop my pants. And if I eat any less, I won't walk away satisfied. They know exactly what to give you to fill you up. Yeah, they they have. there's an idea quota. Yes. That they have to stay below on every song. That's a like, good... You got room for three on this one, that's it. That's a good one. And that yeah, they're yeah. all between like... I don't know what the shortest song is, but they, most of them clock in at like a, a hard like two minutes and fifteen seconds. Yeah, I mean best. it's an a, yeah it's an average of less than three minutes a song. Like just Great. with my quick math there, which is awesome. It's fantastic. For, it's perfect for, for the purposes of this podcast. Those are make your <laughs> albums like that, people. Yeah, you could not ask for more. <laughs> yeah. We literally a lot of songs can. to pick from. Yeah, got a lot of songs to pick from, and a lot of good ones. Um, so we'll start with, uh, did you have any final thoughts on after the earthquake or any of your previous picks? Not if you don't. Okay. Well, let's dive right into mine and the song many mirrors. And when you want to talk about dream pop, my friend, this made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside just the sound of this song. And I don't think the lyrics are necessarily, um, you know, that, that happy, but the rest of it is wonderful. Like the, the fact that it just, it starts out with this. uh, This is where I really pick out her voice. I think when I talk about her voice, like soaring over things and just like fitting so well, it's just like, you feel like you're in this weird dreamy landscape when you listen to a song like this and they do it so well. There's lots of people that play that if this is all they ever play, those kind of a whole album of this would get boring. You know, you just you, you would you wouldn't have anything to get that excited about if it was all the same. The fact that 
this chorus would now that we've passed through many mirrors i can't believe we're still the same it's got that sort of like very philosophical lyrical kind of thing that makes you discuss it in a way that matches how the music makes you feel you know it's just like there's positivity so you're just trying to find every bit of like silver lining you can and i love a song that makes you feel that way it's and it's perfectly matching the sentiment and the expression of the whole thing because this idea after looking into many mirrors it's amazing that you still have a sense of self in essence like as the world is kind of reflecting these different things back on you you somehow manage to stay true to who you are and that's a feat especially Mm -hmm. in today's day and age and it's like a very simple lyrical message that's just kind of repeated throughout and doesn't really deviate um but it, it, it's one of the more like musically simple songs on here. Like you said, if they were all like this, then maybe it would have become a little redundant. But this was a nice little valley to settle into, not in terms of the excitement, but in terms of like a variation in all of this like very loud experimental kind of stuff we've had before it. This takes us into something like relatively safe and soft by comparison. The fucking guitar solo into the bridge. Mm-hmm. is hot surf rock lava mm-hmm. jesus h murphy that's the thing is like they have the ideas and then they have the talent to do those ideas yeah. like that's that's a uh gap that not a lot of bands have the ability to to jump over you know the fact that you can have these huge ideas like that really this really does push at what you consider you know indie pop music to be the next two songs now if you're a fan of Illuminati hotties mm-hmm. or wet leg, you know, or, or Phoebe Bridgers, even my next two picks, Pomeranian spinster, very, very funny name. And Belinda says, these are your two picks that are going to get you into this album. Because when you want to talk about punk rock, some like kind of like surf punk rock, like this is exactly what you're getting here. So Pomeranian spinster you know, lyrically dense. I don't know how necessarily deep the lyrics are, but there's a lot of them is the, is the point of this one. It's a fast paced, aggressive punk rock song. Like there's a lot of angst here. This is the, the like teenage emo kid part of the album, you know, and it's just angry. It's fast and it's wonderful. I love, this is my favorite version of always. I love everything else they do, but this is my favorite version of always is when they turn on the distortion and kind of get it cooking a little bit. Pomeranian Spinster, I almost, almost picked instead of After the Earthquake. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I don't know. After the Earthquake might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah. I can't not pick it. Um, And I kind of wanted to break it up. And then I'm like, why? That's arbitrary. So Pomeranian Spinster was definitely one that perked my ears as well. Because it's just like, I liken the song to a wet bar of soap. Every time you try to grasp it, it's just whip, whip gonna keep like (laughs) slipping out of your little fingers you can't really get a hold of it because it's just this like sloppy k and when i say sloppy i don't mean like oh it was poorly constructed but it's like very chaotic it's got the ripped tight smeared lipstick Mm -hmm. like late at night kind of like disheveled punk feel to it and it's just slipping one thought into another and you just you you can't hold on. It just keeps taking you on that ride. Yeah. And I, I have to point out the sound the sound you made, the whoop whoop. You gotta save that for when we eventually have a soundboard. 
Yeah, that'll there come you in go. handy. A little Chris Berman action. <laughs> yeah, and a whoop. And a whoop. Uh, but yeah, that. So I think it's it's really to me, this is where the album peaked. Is like these two songs back to back, and and I think this one is definitely more of an aggressive sound. I think Belinda says gets into a little bit more of a, you know, it's still like punk, but it's a little. It's kind of a mix between their normal pop, like indie pop and punk. It's like kind of that bridge between the two. But I love Pomeranian Spinster because it's just like very clever in the lyrics. Like there's a lot of like little jabs, kind of little roasts and stuff like that. Exactly what you want out of a punk song. But then Belinda says, you know, it's got a lot less lyrically so that you really kind of dig into more of a feeling rather than just like a a, more of a, I guess, defined feeling rather than just raw emotion like you're feeling in Pomeranian Spinster. Like the chorus, you know, they do, you know, the wordplay paradise and I find myself paralyzed knowing all too well. Then we get into that nostalgia again, Blue Rev behind the rink. I didn't really need it. So Blue Rev, the album name, it's like talking about those teenage years where you're just getting your hands on whatever fun you can possibly have when you get free time away from your parents. Blue Rev is a, a booze in Nova Scotia, Canada. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the whole country. I guess they can let us know if we have any Canadian listeners. But to me it sounds like Four Loco. And it's like got that weird fruity flavor, high alcohol content, energy in there. It's like just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, and you said it was like hibiscus and elderflower flavored or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like something the girls and always would drink. Yeah, and you know. it just and and I think and I read a little thing about it when they were talking, and it just sounded like that was what they could get their hands on. It was high octane, so you could you know get drunk on only a couple of them, so you didn't have to carry a whole backpack full of beer, you know. And it, and it just to me, it's like it, if you didn't experience that in high school, like having to run around hide when you're drinking, or just not even just drinking. Think of anything you weren't supposed to be doing that when you whenever you got a free moment, that's exactly what you went and did. You know, that that sort of nostalgia, I think, dots so many places on this album. But for me, Belinda Says is, is where it hits its peak. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, and I'll just say, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I didn't, you know, ask my friend to put two Four Locos in her purse. We went to see Black Swan so that I could drink them during the movie and have a good-ass time. That was back when Four Locos were still the real deal for Loco. They sure were. Loco original. And I had me Oof. a time watching Black Swan. Oof. It was great. I've never seen an audience participate so much in a movie, but I, I whipped the people into a lather <laughs> yelling at the screen. <laughs> um, But like, yeah, I, I think between Pomeranian Spinster and Belinda Says, like in Pomeranian Spinster, you have... It's an especial showcase for Molly Rankin to just go off the rails vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, even in the most literal expression, she's like, woo! And it's perfect. It's like Occam's outburst, right? Like, it's literally the simplest answer is just like, you're having a good time. Woo! Just say it. And it's like, from an otherwise kind of like formal delivery she has, this is where she just kind of like lets it all go. When I say it's mm-hmm. kind of a like, breakneck chaotic song this is a moment where she's like fuck it we're letting it all go um that hot tasty outro those ending licks as the song Mm -hmm. just fizzles into chaos it's it's so perfect and it's such a nice juxtaposition between 
that song and then going into Belinda Says. Um, and then to me and Belinda Says, like, there's that sentiment, obviously, there are clear allusions to, like, an unplanned pregnancy and I'm going to move to the mm-hmm. country and have the baby because bad gas travels fast in a small town and mm-hmm. just a lot of like existential musing. But to me, the, the draw on this song, the, the whole ass thing that this song is about is that outro, that key change that just cracks the whole thing open mm-hmm. and just sends the whole musical sentiment sprawling. It makes the song like 10 times bigger with a key change. It's incredible. I'll, I'll egress to Inverness with nothing in my pocket. Just that, I mean, wordplay for the sake of it. On that, there's a lot of ways you could say that. And she was just, I could tell those things rhymed. And it was just like a fun word to use in that moment. And I think that, to me, like kind of encapsulates why I love Always. Is because every time that they can choose to do a little something extra, they do. And I think that's there's an argument for keeping things simple sometimes. You know, when it with country music, oftentimes that's the better way to go. But with indie pop and dream pop and like punk rock, no, simple is not what I want. I want you to like be breaking yourselves trying to do something new so that it can stay fresh and exciting, so that you can inspire other people, that this whole thing can just continue to spread. Imagine if every band just stayed exactly like they were in the nineties. Like they were great in the nineties, but that was 30 years ago and there was no movement or, or adaptation since then. It would be very boring listening to all that same music. If it was never changed in any way, I think this takes all of those things, all those nostalgic feelings that we have for the music of that time and just puts something different, just kind of deconstructs it and puts it back together in a way that we hadn't heard yet before other than from always and maybe a little bit from Phoebe Bridgers. It's like there's this new wave of indie pop and indie rock that's coming through. And I really dig it, man. I'm in. I'm all on board. Let me tell you, when I discovered always for the first time, it was the same time I discovered Future Islands. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I was like, oh, my God, the whole entire musical world is about to crack wide open. Mm -hmm. And then mostly it was just like, baby, baby, baby. (laughs) Every time you turn on the radio, I'm like, oh, right. I'm never going to hear always or future (laughs) islands on the radio. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, you were you you thought too much. That was I put too much. I had too much staked and invested in, you know, taste. But and that's the thing. Speaking of taste, like if you take like all the hipsterdom out of it and like the jokes aside, mm-hmm. one of the big things about always is they trust and respect the intellect of their audience. They're not putting in Bartleby the Scrivener references or something like that. Like you have to do mm-hmm. research to get this. They're just trusting that you know what they mean when they say egress to Inverness. Like okay, Inverness is a place, even if you don't know that it's mm-hmm. in Canada. You're like okay. And you know what, like, a means of egress is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I get it. She's saying, I'm going to go home or I'm going to go to this other place. Without having to say, it's just like, it's respect for the mm-hmm. listener to be like, yeah, we're going to, like, package it a little differently. And, you know, hope you have fun listening yeah, they can, to it. I mean, you have all the context clues that you need to, like, right. figure out what that says. So I, I, I like that when they, when it, and again, I think I mentioned it earlier. It's like, it makes you think. You know, like it makes you consider things. It makes you have discussions when you listen to them with people, you know, and that's the best kind of music is when it prompts something else, some other sort of creative endeavor, 
whether it's making other music or just the discussion about that music, like that's the best part of what always does is it always prompts you to think about something. And that's a, that's a great point because I'm not, I'm not um, shitting on Amanda Palmer from Dresden Dolls, but you have a song, I honestly forget what it's called. I think it's called Oasis, but the lyrics are like very on the nose and it's an interesting song, but it's just, um, Stuff is like in your face, like when I got my abortion, I brought along my best friend, Melissa Mahoney, who had once mm-hmm. been molested. And then outside the clinic, all these, uh, I fucked up the rhythm, annoying fundamentalist Christians, and we tried to ignore them. So like, that's all very like set the scene in like a stark mm-hmm. way. And you listen to that song and you're like, okay, I got it. I got what she was trying to do there. I understand. Mm-hmm. But in something like Always or, again, like Future Islands, like it gives you imagery and it gives you ideas that you can go back and be like, interesting. I'd better listen to this again to see exactly what they were talking about or see what it makes me think of. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's no – I'm not shitting on Amanda Palmer, but it's just sometimes someone gives you a song and it doesn't really ask you to think too much more about it. And yeah. you wouldn't think that Jangle Pop, like Always, would be a song that makes you think – Jangle pop, I like that. Like, it, or yeah, I said song, I meant genre, but like, yeah, jangle pop, sitting here making you question things. Yeah, and it, and I think that is for me why it is a stream it and a hearty stream it. I think if you like indie pop, like if you liked Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, if you liked Illuminati Hotties, if you liked Wet Leg, you know, there's a lot of these great bands that are going right now that, but always has been doing it for a while and they continue to do it and I think they deserve to be looked at as kind of on that upper echelon of indie pop bands because I think they've done everything they need to do to get that consideration. This is an obvious and enthusiastic stream it from me because this mm-hmm. album is tender, it's technical, it's bold, it's surprising, it's genre busting. It's got a lot of like big ideas and a strong sense of self. And I'm just going to say right now that this one is a contender within the context of stuff we've covered on the show and things I've heard in general. Strong contender for album of the year for me. It brought me a lot of joy and I got a lot of listens out of this between when we decided to do it, when it came out and now. Like this is this is a really complete album. Mm -hmm. And And I would agree. And I think this what this album does for indie pop is the same thing that Glow On by Turnstile was doing for like punk and hardcore music. Like, I think it just like has all the elements that you're used to, but is starting to push those boundaries is starting to be Ace Ventura coming out of the back of that rhino, you know, what a beautiful image. <laughs> well, you know, I figured if we're going to talk about beautiful imagery from always, I might as well try to match it. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen, you know, Ace Ventura, when nature calls, where he crawls out of the rubber rhino's ass. If you need an alternative image along those same lines, think about Frank Reynolds crawling out of the couch in Always Sunny. Yes. And he's all sweaty and covered in goop and he's in his underwear. Think of that too, you know? Same same metamorphosis. Same, that is exactly, a, it's two sides to the same coin. It's how we like to do it yeah. here on this show. Twin, Yeah, twins from different mothers. That's a really, that's really wonderful. Well, do you have anything else that you need to, to bring up because I think we're getting right up against a nice tight, you know, kind of 45 minute episode here. Yeah, we're bumping up against it. Uh, no, I have nothing else to say other than to plug the YouTube again. We're almost there. 20 more. We need 20 more of you people. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. It's that simple. It is that simple. 
Let us know what you want to hear. Tell us if you're liking what you're seeing from us. If you have any ideas about episodes, singles videos, reaction videos, tell us in those comments on that YouTube page. We check them every day because we're nothing if not a little self-centered. So trust us when we say we see how well we're doing. And until next time.